We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo sports talk and more. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in, whether you're listening to this in audio podcast form, hopefully sometime on Tuesday, or if you're watching this on video, quite possibly live here on the YouTube side or on Twitter. Appreciate you very much. Uh, today, well, the stream anyway is on Monday night. I'm joined a day later than normal um, by my partner here, my weekly partner, Tell Pucks, both fighting uh, some illness, man. It's, um, by the way, well, <laughs> Two seconds, 20 seconds before we started rolling here, I just realized we had no time at all, no prep talk at all, no nothing. We don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about for the most part. But uh, anyway, feeling a little bit better. You you couldn't be with me yesterday. You didn't want to come over for the game or didn't do the post game. You were, were sick. I've been feeling it as well. I feel a little bit better. How, how are you, man? I'm about the same as I've been. I've, I've had the, you know, the month long, well, not, uh, you know, as, 30 days as of yet, but all of December, my entire household has been yeah. battling a cough. And I, I wouldn't say that I was any worse for the wear yesterday than I was, you know, any other day, but just the whole, the whole vibe I was getting from you is that I could easily get out of <laughs> yeah. this one, uh, you know, uh, uh, yesterday. So I, I, I ran with that. So I'm, I'm about, I'm about the same, but I was never really that bad. <laughs> You know, I woke up on Sunday, and you're right. I did give you an easy out. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do a show because I felt really shitty. Um, and then the Bills just played so good. I'm like, there's no way that I'm not going to put out a a show, a tape it on Sunday night and put it out on Monday morning. I feel better, but I've just coughed so much the last couple of days that literally the rib cartilage is killing me every time I cough. Um that shit sucks. We'll talk some Bills today. We'll, we'll kind of like micro and macro maybe takeaways from Sunday's game. Maybe we'll get in a little bit of Sabres talk uh, as well for that though, real quick, because if I don't talk about this at the beginning, I'll forget. I've, I wanted to talk last week, a little bit of baseball with you. You're a big baseball guy. Um, Otani. I mean, last time we talked 
previous to the signing, it, it looked like there were a lot of reports that made it seem like he was headed towards Toronto. Of course, he ends up going to the Dodgers. Want to get your thoughts on that. And also want to get your thoughts on Juan Soto getting traded. A pretty big trade to uh, the New York Yankees. Well, uh, a little bit of a letdown with with Otani. Um, you know, if he would have found himself playing an hour away, I would have found my way to, sure. you know, to get there. Um, you know, maybe not a ton this year. You know, you definitely... You know, I think want to see him throw. You know, if you if you if you have the chance, and we're uh, a year away from that, so a um, little bit of a bummer there. And then you know, the the team that he went to, I guess it's better than the Angels because that would have been super boring. But you know, now you just this this uh, Dodger franchise is doing what they're doing. They're building a super team, and you know, and and they still find ways to fumble it at the end. You know, does does Otani does adding Otani, you know, make, uh, make a difference there. You never know. I mean, that's just that that's baseball. So you'll have the same sort of dynamic as you usually have with the regular season, you know, a team that probably wins 105 or so. Um, and then you'll see if he, what kind of difference he makes in, in the, uh, in the postseason. but it was, uh, a little bit of a dud, you know. The end result was a little bit of a dud with uh, with Otani. What about Soto? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, the Yan- I I want the Yankees to. It's better when the Yankees are relevant. Sure. Um, Soto is a guy worth following. You know, you're certainly he's he's someone who could have gone somewhere. He's the type of player that that could have gone somewhere and fallen off you know, even a, a big fan's radar, you know, unless, unless I were invested in shares of, uh, of his on the fantasy side or something like that. Um, you know, there's a handful of places like fuck, like the places that he's played, you know what I mean? Washington and San Diego mm-hmm. where you just ain't paying that much attention to Juan Soto, but in New York, you, you're going to have no choice, but to pay attention. So from that regard, I think it's cool. I, I, I I'm not rooting uh, against him, like I don't want to see him put the Yankees over the top and have to listen to my corny Yankee friends. You know, you're yourself amongst them, but I also wouldn't mind seeing Soto play up to that potential that I think has uh, eluded him a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, over the course of the last couple seasons, from where the trajectory that people thought it was on. Um, when he first made the move from Washington to San Diego. You know, one last thing about Otani, then we'll get into some Bills talk here. It still blows my mind. Baseball, just sports in general, to have a, a team that has pro- probably the two best players in the sport on the same team for a number of years, Otani and Mike Trout, and they never won shit. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, man. To have two players of that skill level and, and to never win nothing. That'd be like, kind of like LeBron playing with, I don't know, name and name and you know, name a top five player in the NBA and him and LeBron playing together for years and, and not winning anything. They're not even getting, you know, real a real opportunity to win anything. That's always been crazy to me that uh the Angels get to have two players like that and still not win shit. Well, they just had bad bad, bad, bad supporting cast, man. I mean, yeah. there's just uh huge huge mistakes. Um that if I sp- 
spent some time, you know, thinking about, uh, I could rehash Anthony Rendon, you know, big signing comes to mind. Um, never really getting the, uh, the arms where they wanted having a couple tragedies, uh, you know, yeah, to, yeah. uh, to, from the pitching staff and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, Trout's injuries from time to time, although a lot of times those happen when they were already out of it. So it was a bit of, uh, of a surprise, um, you know, to see, them win nothing together um but the the tandem that came to mind um you know when you were trying to find a, a comparison using lebron for me it's kind of uh mcdavid and and Dreisaitl, uh you yeah. know in, in edmonton sure. i know they've seen some playoffs together and stuff like that but you know two elite guys um you know without really much to to show for it and that's i think that's hockey and, and baseball for you, right? I mean, you just you've got so many other um, pieces in those two sports that that uh, that have to come together for you. And sure. basketball, man, you know, if you got two studs, of, yeah, you're not going to be able to play them for 48 minutes or whatever. But you know, still, they're just their impact on the game is uh, you know impossible. You know, to quantify, sure. it's just. Uh, it's huge, and you don't really have that in, in in hockey and baseball, which is why sometimes you'll see, you know, uh, star tandem players not win anything. You know, we're about a little less now, a week away from Christmas. Let's get into some some Bills talk. You rolled up here, so we, we were going live on the video side anyway. Like eight fifteen, we started on a Monday night. I rolled up here through a little little bit of 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 weather. a weather issue, just so you know. All right, there was like a fucking bang up. Right on, right, right at the union exit and shit like that. Meanwhile, you got me out here like I'm fucking essential personnel or some shit. <laughs> All right, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just saying. Tell a bunch of the Kenmore guy. I'm in West Seneca, so I'm in the South Towns. You're going to, not that you've never been out here. Like we have some friends where this is foreign territory right now. Like West Seneca may as well be like Cattaraugus County or something like that. So that's not the case with you. You come through here this area enough but you know the south towns is a different animal in the winter time anyway. yeah, well they had the kids in the north the kids grew up um you know a good chunk of their childhood in north collins man yeah. and you know yeah. i mean i'm always you know right. i was always heading out that way i, I had a, a stint in in eden in grades four through nine where like i wasn't driving yet but i you know i was familiar with the south town uh driving conditions and stuff like that so i'm no stranger to it but luckily and i don't know if i've ever told you this we'll get to the stupid fucking bills in a minute um i honestly i i believe that i am in the 97 percentile of drivers in the world all right i do um there are a lot of bad drivers out there all right a mm -hmm. lot of bad drivers and even more just very ordinary drivers which i would consider it's been a while but i would consider you to be middle of you're a very ordinary driver i don't think you are ever very good or or very bad i on the That's other fair. hand That's fair. all right uh i i just find myself to be an exceptional driver <laughs> i do i'm not lying it's just you know i i i'm always anticipating I'm, I'm always two steps ahead Okay, I'm I'm paying attention to the lanes around me. Great peripheral uh, uh, vision. I don't like speed. I'm not like a tailgater or anything like that. You know, I'm not, uh, um, you know, reckless by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just I'm very very calm behind the wheel. Like 
you know that you know that's it's the scene in uh in Hannibal or the original Silence of the Lambs when they're telling the story of of Lecter eating one of his patients and he they had the heart monitor connected to him and mm -hmm. the heart monitor like never skipped above something and then they said you know the point point being that his heart never raced uh, you know what i mean now mind you you know it, it's it's not the same as cannibalism but it's the same basic principle of my heart just doesn't like 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 when people like, you know, when someone like I, I going to make a, a, a lane change that other people would like really freak out about and, and maybe, you know, that overcompensation that gets people that just doesn't happen with me. I'm just like and and like if I see that lane change coming, I'm not laying on the horn to get everybody all fucking frazzled. I just give it a <laughs> boop, boop. I'm here. That's all. Boop, I, boop. I'm I, here. And, you know, uh, so. I remember the Lenovo's days, dude, when it was just like no one was on the road. No one was on the road. And you know Lenovo's wasn't fucking closing. And I would just have the roads to myself for like just pocketing loot and pocketing loot. <laughs> and it was it was fabulous, man, because I was so fucking comfortable in it. So as much as I want to like, you know, complain about the driving conditions that you made me come out in, um, yeah, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm an unbelievable driver. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been in a car with you enough. I never really paid much attention to your driving prowess there, which is funny. So you're saying you're a really calm driver. I could see it in a way. I, I get my road rage. I was going to say, but I never, you're, but you're, it's, 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 you're, you're a hothead. How do you, how are you a calm driver and a hothead at the same time? Because, because all I got to do is let out a, you know, a fucking cocksucker <laughs> and, and just stay you know what i mean it's like the what 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 my body is doing you know what my heart rate is feeling um is just it just it just stays on the level and i just make sure that i get out you know something vile usually i think that's the first time i ever dropped a cs on the show um <laughs> and it's funny though man i, I remember the first time it ever happened with oh sherry you know like oh sherry we have what's called, you know, the uh, the shortcake factor. Whereas, you know, you got to stay kind of calm. She wasn't, she wasn't ready. All right, for uh, you know, for hothead tone pucks <laughs> during during the courting fucking uh, days of the relationship. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> then we were driving one time, man, and somebody got me, and I was just like, "You fucking motherfucker!" <laughs> and I, you know, I mean, I just do what I do, not even thinking. She's never heard you know that sort of escalation for me sure. she's never seen that that level of escalation from me and as soon as i was done man like i looked over and she had this look like oh, god <laughs> well like she was flabbergasted but um well it's good to know that you're a good driver um coming from that Camor, is good to know, isn't it i mean i really don't in, care that's I, interesting stuff not a, right there, there. it's what the not people a lot want. Of, there's not a lot of scenarios where i will be in a car with you i guess you never know but i'll keep that i will keep that in the back of my mind next time the situation arises where you are giving me a ride somewhere so you're coming from Camor to west end not bad now might get a little shittier in the next hour or so but there's going to come points this winter where your driving um expertise is going to come in handy now of course now don't get me wrong i'm very happy that you're here with me and that we're, you know, sitting here and we do this in person, whether it's live, whether it's tape, whatever it may be at the same token for somebody who, you know, is so knowledgeable with sports and has a lot of talents in their toolbox is borderline unfucking believable to me that you can't figure out how to make your phone 
into a webcam on your own just by looking up something and then you would be sitting right now at your crib, maybe not this episode per se, but certainly other ones because you're, you're incapable of like switching two things on a computer and converting your phone into a, yeah. a webcam. So you don't have to come here in person. A lot of things in play there. All right. Uh, first <laughs> is general laziness. Yeah. Second is, it, well, yeah, because it's not just that. I mean, what do you think? Do you really, do you really think that little setup that you made for me a few weeks ago or like a month or so ago is still the way that you set it up? Yeah. All right, with 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 my two monsters running around in 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 the in the basement down in the down in the bunker. I mean, I don't know where the fuck half that shit is that you gave me. So, you know, I got that in, in, in play, and then you know. Speaking of said two monsters, it is nice to get out. You know what I mean? I, sure. I, I, I do like the excuse to, uh, <laughs> to to get out of the house as, as well. But uh, I'm hoping that very shortly uh, we'll set it up down there. I want it to be I want to have I, I may want like a casualist type setup where I'm where I'm sitting like. You know, like on one side of a of a oh, couch, couch or, or something chair. with the with the with the mic over. I, that. I, I might that. might do something. That'll like work. That. That'll work. All right. So this game on Sunday, and I want to say yesterday because most people will be listening to this on Tuesday. But the game Sunday, I I'm not exaggerating. I literally have not spoken one word to you about this football game itself. You came here like ten minutes before we went live here tonight. Um, so I guess I'm asking you this for the first time. Oh, I want your overall take on the game. And now I want to spend some time talking about James Cook specifically. But I also want to note that last week when the Bills beat the Chiefs, I think to some extent you would agree with this as well. I feel like, I because I listened back to it, and sometimes I don't listen back to our show. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But this one I did. And I was thinking to myself, maybe that's because the seed was planted in my mind in real time while we were doing it. I feel like neither of us, especially you, gave the Bills enough credit for going on the road to Arrowhead and winning a game against uh, the defending Super Bowl champions, whether they're struggling or not, you know, whether their offense has been pretty bad all year or not. That's still the Kansas City Chiefs on the other sideline. And we spent, and not just you, I mean, it was me too. So it's talking about luck. Like it was just like the Bills got lucky. And in a way, they certainly did, you know, the Tony penalty at the end. Who knows how the last minute 14 or whatever plays out? Probably no. But anyway, my point is, the fact that the Bills never even trailed in that football game for one second. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I feel like we didn't give them enough credit. I just want to make sure uh, I'm not going to speak for you with this game against Dallas, but I just feel like I want to put that out there that we were both a little bit, a little bit negative, I think, going back to the Kansas City game. Because I just, I don't know, I, I thought it was more than luck. Well, maybe you disagree. That's that's fair. No, I, I I don't. I came I came off that uh you know that little bit of uh, of a negative adrenaline kick, mm-hmm. um, you know that I had immediately following that game. I came off that pretty quick, you know, and and sure, kind of got back to a place where uh, I started to get to following the Jets game, which is that this team remains. Uh, a Super Bowl contender, you know what I mean? Like I, I, but what I needed was I needed the follow up game. I needed the follow up game. You know, a lot of times, um, and anyone who's paid attention to the show, at least when I've been on, might remember going all the way back to the beginning. 
you know, um, maybe coming off a bad loss or something like that, where uh, a, a win against somebody, although in those cases, they were usually easier opponents. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think back to like, you know, the, the, the Raiders and the Redskins where, and I just kept saying, I, I've got to see it against Miami. You know, some of those, mm-hmm. some of those wins, all right, I needed to see bracketed with another good performance. And we weren't we weren't getting that, you know what I mean? Um, this week, it's exactly what we got. You know, the, the the Kansas City win feels different, takes on a different sort of um, you know look to it when you follow it up in the convincing fashion that they did. And I'm not shocked by it. I I, I don't know um, how much I really have to say about this game that hasn't been said, other than to say that it did not come as a surprise. I'll tell you something, man. It Early in the morning, not early in the morning, but um, like before the one o'clock started, I went to text an old dear fr- friend of mine, guy you know as well, um, uncle from a, a previous marriage, big cowboy fan, my uncle Mike, who ran the football pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking bananas going back to Staubach, cowboy fan. You know, I've been to Texas Stadium with him, you know, back in the Danny White years. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he bleeds the, the, the silver and blue. I went to text him in the morning, you know, happy Greg Bell day, which I don't know how many people would get, but I do, you know, you do. And, and 14, three victory, 14, three Greg Bell led. God, what was that? That was like the bills won like two games that year. Well, yeah, yeah. It was 84. a two and 14 year. It's not really the total from the day that, uh, um, that was the story. It's the 85 yarder from scrimmage on the first play of yeah, the game. Okay. That's the one that, I mean, he, event, he ended up like, I think pushing a deuce. Mm. Um, but if, you know, it was all about the 85 yarder to start the game. I remember that, you know, sure. specific, uh, you know, yard amount, that sort of thing. So I was, I went to bust his balls a little bit just by sending him the text. And then I did one of those things where I, you know, clicked the phone number by ask, accident and tried to hang up real quick, you know, but it still gives that little, you know, half a ring on the other yeah. side. And the person inevitably calls you back. So he gives me a quick buzz back. We chatted for a few minutes. I mean, this guy is one of the most honest Dallas fans you'll ever hear. All right. He's like, yeah, we're not going to. He's he's like, you guys are probably going to roll today. He goes, you know, you know, he was he knew all the Dak road woe stats. You know, he is a Dallas fan who refuses to let himself get fooled by Dak again. That's just that's, that's fair. That's okay. just where I mean it's 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 you know the 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 sort of discipline that he has to just say, you know, nah man, I, you know, it's just never gonna happen with this guy. Um and I took that, I would I I can't bet the bills. It's just something I can't do. I, I can't lose a game of my favorite team and money at the same time. It'll fucking just drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, but when he told me that, man, I was like. I was already starting to feel a certain way about it. And when he said that, I was like, man, we very well may roll today. And I'm not shocked that we did. I'm not shocked that we did. What what an interesting way to look at that. You want to talk about the Dallas game? We can, bro. But it for me, we'll look back at this era. And this season is just going to be like, such a story. We're going to go into that final game with the likelihood. I like. I don't want to, you know, assume victories with the next two, but you know, for just for the sake of of a pragmatic way of looking at it, 
we're very likely may go into that last game looking at a win and a division title and hosting a playoff game and a loss and we fucking go home. Yeah. That's bananas. It man. is. That's bananas. And it's what makes it that much more, you know, uh, interesting is the fact that we're not talking about, you know, a get in and cross your fingers. We're talking about a get in and we're as much the favorite as anybody. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to be in that spot, you know, I, I can't remember, you know, the Super Bowl years, even the, you know, the brief Flutie years, um, and, and the beginning of this era, which is now, you know, into its fourth or fifth year or whatever. I can't remember anything like this where it may come down to, I think that I, I think the bills won in, in 92 or three may have had to win their finale to go nine and seven and win the, win the division title. So this might've had something goofy might've happened. Uh, well, that was the third year. I think before that, with them, I think that was the third year. So maybe, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, like we're not, we don't even spend 30 seconds before a show to talk about it. So I'm sure <laughs> shit, not going to research any point I'm about to make, but the point still remains. The stakes are insane, sure. insane. We might be going home or we might be the AFC favorite. What the fuck? I man? saw a crazy stat that I saw on Monday, a betting stat is the bills are the seventh highest betting favorite right now to win the Super Bowl today, which is crazy because the Bills are currently like the 10th seed in the AFC. Like there's as good of a chance that they don't even make the playoffs as let alone win the division or get in. I would have thought higher than no, seven. The, the, I mean, I'm, seven. you know, even even seven sounds like who, who the hell are the six? You I don't know. know. I, who, I look who at are the six, six better I, teams. All I know, Frisco's number one. That's all I know. After that, I, I don't know. But I do know Buffalo was um was seventh. Yeah, this Dallas game, you know, I talked a lot about it yesterday, so I don't want to spend too much time talking about Dallas specifically. Um, I was calm. I don't know if I was calm because, honestly, I didn't feel well. Again, I was laying on the couch just bumming around all day, but you've been over for some games. You know how crazy we both get during the course of a game, and I wasn't doing any of that. And this game, stakes were big. I mean, I was losing my mind. The Chiefs game, you were here for half of that. Um, The Philly game, you and Jason were here watching that game here. You watched the whole game here, actually. Everyone's living and dying with every play. I was like really calm on Sunday. And I don't know if it's because I felt the same thing. I was just really confident that the Bills were good. Dallas is a good football team. And look, they, you know, hopefully they get their shit together next week, of course. But um, yeah, they're not the same team on the road as they are at home. They're only three and three on, on the road coming into this game. Um they had a you know, they had a look like a good team who was about to fucking lay an egg almost from the get-go, man. All right. They're they they just Stupid ass penalties, you know what I mean? Three of them. Uh, uh, just uh, you know, they, they, they moved threat, the they ball. Gifted uh, the Bills three touchdowns, bro. They moved the ball a little bit in their in their first series, but it didn't take long um, to to see that this Dallas team was poised to have another one of their of sure. their road, um, you know, collapses. Yeah, they're sure. awful. They well, were awful yesterday. All right, they were they they were they were bad. If I if I if I wanted to be nitpicky, all right, about the uh, uh, about the KC uh, Dallas uh, bracket of W's, um, I, I it, it wouldn't be hard to be nitpicky. Neither one of those teams played well. 
Neither one of those teams played well. Okay. All right, but they're but they're excellent football teams. One's a Super Bowl champion. And one it, came one mm. came in with ten wins, arguably you know one of the three hottest in in the NFL. And you got two Ws. You know, but I think they, I think, I think the the teams, I think Kansas City and, and Dallas had had what I would consider to be off days. Th- that's fair, but I would say they also played a football team that was des- they were in desperation mode for those two games. And no, you know, Josh Allen, you know, a lot of quarterbacks and coaches say a lot of shit during the week and like, eh, whatever. Josh Allen has been saying for two weeks now this is playoff time for the Bills. Essentially, these are playoff games, and I and I truly believe that. A couple comments real quick from uh. People are watching on YouTube. Going back to that Kansas City game, uh, Savannah says that they should have ran more in the second half against Kansas City. I mean, old news, but he is right. I agree with that. They should have ran the ball. Uh, Dave Anderson and J- Jason M. wanted to say what's up. Um, yeah, they, they, they were off days for Dallas. And by the way, you're just talking about stupid plays and stupid penalties, man. If you really think about it, I, I mentioned this yesterday. All three Bills touchdowns on the first half, all of them were because of Dallas Personal foul penalties on third down and fourth down plays when the, the drive was over. First Buffalo touchdown, third down stop. Josh Allen, incomplete pass, gets hit in the head by Lawrence. A little it bit of bad. He was not hit in the head. He was not well, hit in the head. It was a penalty. It, was, it, was it a penalty? It was called a penalty. All right, so personal foul penalty. That took three off the board, and then, then they score seven. Second one was the punt. Dallas made a stop. Buffalo punts, and the guy roughs. Rough said the kick. I wanted to say running in. No, he right roughed the kicker, personal foul penalty. Bam, Bill score a touchdown. Third drive, third down stop, high throw. Khalil Shakir doesn't come down with it, gets hit from behind. Personal foul, Bill score a touchdown. All three Bills touchdowns in the first half came because of really dumb Dallas penalties. At uh, on, when the, when the, not even on first or second down, these were third and fourth down penalties. The drives were over and they gave Buffalo a chance to extend them. So when you say off days, I would definitely include that. I mean, they literally kind of gift wrapped um, some drives through the Bills. But I'm unlike the Chiefs game, like I said, I am not going to take away from this performance. It was a physically dominating performance. That might that have surprised me a little bit. Too. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, he he we he spent like five minutes just talking about how Dallas just got pushed around the field against the Niners. And all he could talk about, all right, was how they just get pushed around by more physical teams. I mean, oh. my, my, my uncle Mike, oh, oh, okay. I mean, the, okay. the man just like such an honest, everything he said, all right, we only talked for like 10 minutes, but everything he said about sure. his football team, the man knew his football team, like the back of his hand, man. He was like, you know, Frisco. Now he wasn't, predicting that the bills would necessarily push push them around um but he knew his team was was very susceptible to uh to being pushed around and um man i didn't i didn't see that coming i i didn't think this team had it in them to to go out and good and, coaching and, on and, sunday and, for the bills and, good sure, game yeah. plan execution i thought coordinated on both sides of the ball was really strong Hats off, Sean McDermott. You know he's what down. A, he's down a couple key defenders against. Say, hey, uh, say what you want about Dallas on the road and their lack of physicality and whatever. And your uncle is very smart and knows the team well. But the bottom line is Dallas had won five straight games and was averaging forty points per game over the last five coming into Orchard Park. And this Bills defense, for the most part, really shut them down, man. And that was without Mike Hyde. That was without AJ Epinesa. 
really not to mention, you know, the injuries that they've been dealing with now for quite a while. I just thought it was a, a really good coached game by on both sides of the football. Um, you know, Sean McDermott, we can say what we want about him and we will, and we will continue to do that. But, you know, on this day, I thought he had this team ready to play. Um, I, I think as a defensive coordinator, I thought he did an excellent job. I mean, there were some, there was one pressure, the play where Leonard Floyd got a sack. Jordan Phillips is lined up as an edge and Leonard Floyd comes in as a stand-up inside rusher, hits that gap, that guard gap, and and got a sack on that play. The, the Bills just did a lot of good things with coverage. They made CeeDee Lamb a, a pretty much a non-factor. Pollard was a non-factor. So, I don't know, man, I got to give it up to Sean McDermott. And, of course, Joe Brady. I, what is up with the, the running back usage? Why did it take Joe Brady becoming an offensive coordinator to start understanding that the Bills have good running backs who could just not run the ball but could also catch it on the backfield, too? It's crazy. Well, uh, I like doing this uh, on Monday because we've had the opportunity to see some uh, film breakdown. I know, I, I know, you know, it's uh, midweek when you know the uh, the more in depth all twenty twos get uh, get broken down. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I saw one um, site. I, I think it was I think it was Cover One. Um, Pointing out the uh, the the flipping of the running back in the um, uh, in the shotgun. Now I'm uh, now I'm wondering if maybe if it was Dan Orlovsky, but it was somebody had the film of it, and Eric Wood referenced it on his spot today with Shope and the Bulldog about how they were moving Cook around to isolate him in the run gap of like a 208 pound linebacker yeah. um that they have but the touchdown to cook was also a flip uh in the you know a pre-snap movement in the uh in in shotgun from one side to the other to isolate him on number 33 the far bigger you know and less skilled in coverage running back so or uh, linebacker excuse me so a lot of good info uh, pointing to the X's and O's, um, yeah. you know, have come out already. And, you know, it's not even full-blown all 22 season yet. So um, it's, yeah, man, it's it's cool. It's great to see, um, you know, Brady's usage of, of these guys. I I was never one. It's the Kansas City game. I, I guess I understood people clamoring for more carries. But man, it it really took me up until right about now to get to a place where I'm like, James Cook has to touch the football X number of times. Yeah, game. I wasn't there, man. I I really and truly wasn't there. You know, when it when it, when he sat for the fumble or when people thought he might have been sad, but he wasn't. You know, for the drop against Philly and stuff like that. I was out on James Cook, man. I thought the I thought the stats that people were uh were, were pointing to um were kind of like, well, you know, kind of like podcasts, podcast stats, you know, they're fucking in, they're inflated. <laughs> um but I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet on Cook. Yesterday was really the first time I saw him start to make yeah, even though the the holes were massive, I also saw him take five to seven yard carries and turned them into thirteen oh. 
with his with his vision and his burst. You know what I mean? Like even even bouncing some outside where you know you know sometimes you're watching the game and you're like why didn't he bounce this outside? Right? You know it always the outside always looks like it's more open than it is because usually you know someone on that defensive side is 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 going to close within two or three yards. Not yesterday though, man. I mean that once he bounced outside, that second level was was just empty. Um, and that I think is a product of another thing that we've been seeing a lot of, along with the, um, uh, you know, the backs flipping, you know, flipping sides, uh, pre-snap is the tackle pull plays. You know, the tackle pull plays, uh, has, has been pointed out in a lot of places already. And those are, those are something, man. All right. Those are big, big boys. All right. Pulling. The, the the complete op to the complete opposite hash with some with some speed and uh uh and some purpose man spencer brown had, spencer brown had uh maybe the best game of his career on sunday he had an enormously high pff grade i think he had the highest run blocking grade per pff of anybody in the nfl for this week look james cook and then i want to take a break and then we'll continue with james brook but when it comes to james cook it's fair to say that he's can be frustrating at times. I mean, that Philly game, he dropped that wheel route touchdown. He also, because I remember watching the game with you and our, our boy Jay, I was yelling at the TV early on. He just didn't seem interested in contact. Like whether it was getting to the sidelines or just not taking it on or not breaking a tackle. There's times where it just doesn't seem like he's 100% locked in and fully invested. He had a drop on Sunday for a touch. Someone who gives a shit. I mean, the damage was clearly done by cook and i'm you know i'm just trying to be i'm being a little bit unbiased because i'm saying i i've been mad at him at times this year i've watched him play at times this year and i'm like where is it you know where's this guy like we saw yesterday because he was a different james he was thurman thomas yesterday you know i heard a lot of thurman thomas's that's kind of like on the the graphic for this episode he played very thurman thomasy you know that's kind of what he's looking like right now but there's times this season and maybe those are behind him. Maybe that's part of his growth and maturation. I don't know, but there's just been times where he doesn't seem to have that physicality and some mental lapses. Yeah. I think about what, you know, uh, the plays that you're referring to. Um, and for me, it was more about uh, field awareness at the time. He, you know, he pulled up short on a couple first downs that were like, my God, dude, you, you know, just finish the run. And we've yeah. got it. We've got a new series. Yep. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, really related to saving the hits on, on those particular plays, or at least in my mind, you know, that's not what I um, what I held against them. I held, you know, just the general, um, you know, awareness, situational awareness uh, against them. But whatever it may be, um, you know, I didn't have a problem with the fact that. Um, that he was underutilized, you know, I, I, I didn't feel as though he's the type of player that is being underutilized. Cause I didn't think utilizing him more was necessarily, you know, what I wanted. Right. Um, 25 carries yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Career high. Most he's ever, and you never had that in college. I think he had like 11 or 12 was his career high in college. Look, so. I just need, I just need him. I need to know that, when those plays are there, 
he'll make them. Yeah. I don't need to go into fucking games, all right, making sure James Cook eats. I just don't, man. They don't even go into games making sure their wide receiver one eats sometimes, okay? This team, and, you know, I mean, I think it's always been this way with, with McDermott. This team wants to be multiple in what they can do, and they want to look at what you're not good at and attack that. And, you know, if I don't, I don't need to make it a point to attack a defense with James Cook. I just need to know that when they give me the looks that he can go, you know, just rattle off nine and put you in second. I mean, my God, it was like nine yards, 10 yards, nine yards, 10 yards. I mean, I just need to know that he, he can do that, yeah. uh, that, 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 that element is there. Um, and I think that might be a little different than what others say. I think others might say no. All right. He's the second leading or third leading, uh, you know, player. Well, in scrimmage yards, if you include, oh, Ty, third, if yeah. you include Tyreek, yeah. um, that boy's got to eat, you know, I don't know that I'm, that I'm really looking at it that way yet. I just like, I just need him to be able to do that yeah. when that's the way the defense is playing. But if, I mean, if you start paying attention to James Cook, if you're, if, if, you know, you spend your week as an opposing defense worried about where James Cook is going to go. Yeah. You're bringing think, seven, I, eight I, in the I, box. I think, I, I think, I think it's advantage bills, bro. I, sure, I think it's sure. advantage bills. If you start worrying about James Cook as a defense. Yeah, for sure. I want to take a real quick break. You brought up something about Joe Brady that as soon as we get back, which by the way, on the video side is going to be literally in five seconds. Um, I want to, I want to head on what you said about Joe Brady as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, I'm back with Tone Pucks here. We're talking Buffalo Bills, James Cook, Joe Brady. Before the break, you mentioned something that I completely agree with. 
finding the weakness in a defense and kind of exposing it. And that's what I'm really starting to see more and more of that I like from Joe Brady. He seems really good at exposing a team's weakness. And in this case against Dallas, it was, this is a defense, a lot of hybrid guys, undersized guys, and they're not really physical. And the Bills just decided on this day they're going to be really physical. This was not a day to, to throw the ball 35 times with Josh Allen. And even though, again, what did he throw, 15 times for the game? I think he dropped back 19 times for the whole football game. Um, You could see early on, like the couple times where he was throwing early on, that pass rush was there, there in his face. He was running a lot. He had to scramble. So you could tell that the pass rush was going to be a problem for the Bills. And then they just really committed to the run. And they were just they were mauling the Cowboys. I forgot the guy's name, but yeah, they have a 205 pound middle linebacker. You know what I mean? It's just, it was the ability of Brady to just say, all right, this is the weakness of this football team and, and attack them. You know, they had a lot of success against the Jets throwing the football. If you would have told me Josh Allen was going to throw for under 100 yards, Stefan Diggs was going to have less than 50 yards receiving, Gabe Davis, no catches, Shakir, no catches, Kincaid, no catches, Knox, no catches. And you win this game going away comfortably. I would have thought you were a little bit nuts, man. But, you know, good job by Brady. I said good job by uh, McDermott. You know what we keep hearing? Nobody wants to play the Bills. That's what we're hearing. Everybody yeah. around the league, everybody around the league is saying that right now. Sure. I did a little bit, a little bit of research here because I've been trying to rack my brain. If the Bills actually, you know, before I get back, or we'll get back to that in a second. Um, All right, then let me let me say something on ahead. Brady. Go ahead. Um, I had no intention, like, of of coming in and making this this statement. Uh, it just kind of is happening organically. Um, I think Joe Brady's a fucking superstar. All right, I mean, I, I think Joe Brady's is. Um, did you feel that is, way is, about Dorsey at any point? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you an honest well, question. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm legit asking. You. I was when 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 I he was the hot young toy. It seemed like a year ago when Dave when Dave Ball was uh, you know was getting the Giants job. Mm -hmm. I was worried about losing uh, Dorsey. All right, so I I mean I I wanted to make sure that that he was uh, he was retained so that you know some of the same concepts and things like that. I mean, I just didn't want Josh to have to completely sure. start over. So I was high on Dorsey in that regard. And then nothing last year really jumped out at me as far as, you know, having an issue with, uh, with the guy, but look, you know, he may still, um, you know, find his, his groove, but sometimes you just kind of lose your rhythm and, and, and it can derail a championship contender season and, you know, you become the scapegoat, whatever. He'll get another look. You know what I mean? Just like, just like when Joe Brady was, you know, hot shit coming out of LSU and then, you know, maybe not the same scenario as, as Dorsey. I think a little younger also than Dorsey, but you know, he wasn't uh part of a, um, you know, a potential championship team in Carolina, mm -hmm. but he got his NFL OC gig there and that team just went to shit and, you know, rule scapegoated him or whatever. Um, but man, you know, you listen to the, you just watch what he's been doing uh, in these few weeks. You listen to him talk about offense and stuff like that. Um, and you just see the body language of an extremely, extremely confident 
yeah. play caller right now. I, and think, I think that matters. I think, Joe Brady's think matters. A, I think Joe Brady's a superstar. I think he's got I think Joe might have a few years to go to uh to polish up on the on on, on the head coach level, which is great for us, right? Just you know, we can we can ride him. We can probably get two or three years out of him before he's uh before he's head coach ready. But as far as running offenses, man, um yeah, like like I'm I'm talking conceptually from what I've seen so far, especially doing it in midseason. Um yeah, he's got he's got Mike McDaniel's type of uh yeah. type of type of offensive play calling skill, man. You could see for different reasons, the players have responded to Brady. I think Brady has injected some life into the offense, and I think the players have responded. And without going down the Sean McDermott story, that rabbit hole again, what I think we do agree on is regardless of how you felt about that story, players have rallied around him. It was certainly publicly anyway, and I believe that this team's been galvanized some by rallying around McDermott because of that story, rallying around Joe Brady because they believe in him and they believe in this offense. And I think that's made a difference. Look, the Chiefs, you said it, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, they didn't play really good games, but those are still two really good teams that the Bills um, had to beat and that they beat. So got to give a lot of credit to that. And James Cook, yeah, you know, maybe you don't need him to have 25 catches or carries a week, and that's probably not going to happen. But his numbers, man. So he had 221 total yards on Sunday. He's had more than 100 scrimmage yards in five straight games now. And sometimes it doesn't seem like that. Like I said, very Thurman thomas Uh Two times he's ran for over 100 yards. He had 83 yards receiving in the first half against the Chiefs two weeks ago. So he is a huge part of this offense now. And it is good to know because there's been times this season, dude, where I feel like if they can't get Stephon Diggs going, they got nothing on offense. But now, you know, we've seen glimpses from Kincaid. And uh, and now we know James Cook. Had, I, I believe in James Cook and Ty Johnson a lot more because of the OC. You know, say what you will about Dorsey, and we've talked about this, and I still believe there's at least some sentiment to the fact that I think it was Sean McDermott who handcuffed Josh Allen from running the ball with his legs as much as he is now. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that shit, but I, I truly believe that. I don't think Ken Dorsey ever had that stroke, and I know you don't think that either. But anyway, you can debate that. But one thing you can't debate, is Ken Dorsey did not use these running backs in the way that Joe Brady is using them now. Not just running the ball. Well, running the ball, too, because they look like different rushing concepts, but also throwing the ball. Ty Johnson, dude, was just riding away on the practice squad. I'm like, what are we doing here with this guy? And now, all of a sudden, he's a useful, borderline significant part of, you know, complementary piece of this offense right now, man. I just, I love it. I love the way they're using the running backs. Well, we had that one game with with Dorsey real early in the season where we we sat here uh, enamored with his use of the running backs when like Murray, Harris, and and Cook, uh, all, all Raiders maybe Raiders or Washington. It was one of those yeah. two early ones where we were gushing over the running back usage. But um, not in the passing still, game. But I, yeah, yeah I, I still I get what you're saying. What what you're saying? He's finding weapons that. Um, and ways to weaponize players that, um, you know, that Dorsey just didn't find. Dorsey just hit a wall, man. Dorsey just, just hit a wall, and uh, and Brady's been huge, just, just huge. It's looked like a completely different offense, and it does go beyond because I have definitely, um, 
been one who was all about the fact that it's coinciding with uh with McDermott taking the handcuffs off of off of Josh and that being a big part of um you know of Brady's success but it does go beyond that you're you you are starting to see you know the the imprint in in places beyond just the quarterback the quarterback runs and it's why you know you have every reason to believe um you know, those, the, the you Super Bowl those, contenders back on the table. You get in, you it's get in back on the table. That's crazy. I took, I mean, you know, I I took Super Bowl off the table after Jacksonville. After, the, after Jacksonville. A lot of people and, did. And, you know, because of a lot of injuries, you know, and a lot of teams, uh, a lot of middling play in the AFC, it's back on the table. But you got to get to the tournament as Bill Parcells would say you just got to man and I just I you you know like you said today not that you were breaking any news either I don't know if anybody really heard it for the first time from you and was like oh that's a that's that's very possible everybody fucking knew or knows that the that that the Bills Dolphins finale is probably headed to Sunday night. All right. I oh, mean, yeah. you, you know, you put it out there today like, hey, I just had this. Well, I didn't see anyone else tweet that. Man, shit. Sal been talking about that shit for the last week and a half now. I was just playing. <laughs> Anyways, um I'm just my my hope is that you know there's some ones and fours that just take the pressure off that game because it would be it would be so that scenario will stress the fuck out of me, man. Win and we host a playoff game the following week and win a division and, and win the division. Lose and it's over that night. Bam, midnight, eight, eleven o'clock, whatever. Man, will that be a stressful football game? It will. It will. And it is crazy, dude. I legitimately, and I'm not being a homer. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I swear to I, I honestly feel that right now. You haven't I seen enough you. Ravens to say that. I think I, mean, I have. I think I have. I don't think they could score with the Bills in a in a, if, if Buffalo has the type of football game that they want to play. Can Baltimore beat Buffalo? Absolutely. And the game would definitely be in Baltimore, too. So, I mean, that might matter as well. I'm not saying the Bills. I'm not dismissing the Ravens. I think the Ravens are the one team in the AFC that I would be really nervous about playing right now. And the Bengals, if they had Joe Burrow. I've mentioned that many times before. And the Jets, who are going to be nowhere near the playoffs. I don't give a fuck if the Jets are 3-14. and 14. I do not want to play the New York Jets ever in any kind of game because they just play like shit against them, minus the last time. But yeah, look, so for people who don't know, Miami plays uh, Dallas in, in Miami this week, and then they play at Baltimore. If you're the Bills, and look, if the Bills can't beat the Chargers, and who's Fucking New England. Easton Stick. Easton Stick, I think, is the quarterback like for the I Chargers like now. I'll tell you what, though. Name. Last Thursday, I was kind of getting pissed. Like, when they were getting shellacked by the Raiders, I'm like, fuck. This guy's going to get fired tomorrow. I did not want Staley to get fired on Friday, but you knew it was coming when they got murdered by uh, the Raiders. That always scares me. Teams tend to play hard for an interim coach. You know, that scares me a little bit. They have a little bit of pride in themselves. But anyway... Easton sticks their fucking quarterback, and then they're at home against the Patriots, who beat Buffalo in Foxborough earlier this year. If you can't beat those two teams, what, what are we doing here? What are we even having a discussion about? You know what I'm saying? 
But anyway, let's assume the Bills win those games. I'm not coming on if like if we lose either one of those games. I, know, I might like, not do I'm a not show. Fucking, I might. I might. I'm not coming here or doing it from my house. I, so I, I might have no not interest, do it. Yeah. No interest in talking about it. Then let's what would you do if you were a professional radio talk show host? Would you like just not do certain post games? No, nah, I mean if it's the job, it's the job. You yeah, know what I mean? If it's, if, um, if <laughs> there's enough, some if there's some coin involved, that's you know, I'll I'll uh, let me get to my I'll point. Do the work. Let me get let me get to my point. So Miami is playing at home against Dallas and then at Baltimore. For people out there who are wondering, assuming the Bills win their next two, if Miami loses just one of those two games, Week 18, Buffalo versus Miami is literally for the division. If, if Miami loses both those games, Week same 18 thing. is still is still the same thing because. They'll be tied in the standings, and if they were to beat the Bills, they'd finish ahead of them. It would be a tie. So if you were wondering, the Bills having a chance to win a division, yes, they win their next two, and Miami loses to either Dallas or on the road against Baltimore, and those are both losable games, especially if Tyreek Hill either is not playing or not close to 100%. The playoffs. All right, so let's say Miami wins both those games. And then the Bills are not playing for the division. Then they're just playing for a wild card. If the Bills went out, they're making the playoffs. All right, let's just put it that way. It's not mathematically a certainty, but it's going to happen. If the Bills go 11 and 6, 11 and 7, they're, they're making the playoffs. It's just the way it's going to be. Six. 11 and 6, 11 and 6. I'm not going to go through all these because we'd be here all night. And honestly, I tried, I spent probably 90 minutes today just studying all these other teams and where they're at. So you're going to have to kind of take my word. Otherwise, I'd be doing a half-hour exercise here. I think Cleveland's getting in for sure. They're already at nine wins, and they're still playing the Jets at home. Uh, They're still playing. Well, they got at Houston and at Cincy. I mean, those aren't given games with, uh, you know, the injuries. The Bengals, that that win against the Vikings really fucking sucked if you're a Bills fan. I mean, that really sucked. Um, They're at six losses, too, with the Bills. They're at Pittsburgh, though. They're at Kansas City, and they play Cleveland. The thing that concerns me about Cleveland, that Week 18 game, is if Cleveland's already clinched a wild card spot, they might not even be playing starters in Week 18. They already know where they're going to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, Colts are playing the Texans in Week 18. One of those teams got to lose. So if the Bills win, look, the Bills, just take my word. If the Bills went out, they're making the playoffs. But if the Bills lose one game, or if they lose that Miami game, now you're talking 10 wins and six conference losses. Yeah, I don't need to. They're in trouble. I don't. Yeah, put it this way. I don't think ten's getting it, getting it done. Okay, that's, I think that's, there's. I don't think ten is is getting it done. I think they said there's a fifty, roughly a fifty percent chance of them getting in if they get the ten. But I, I'm with you. I don't think ten's getting it done either. Not for Buffalo. Ten will get it done for teams that have, like Cleveland, who's six and three in the AFC, or. Uh, the Colts are, you know, six and four. One of those teams are, are 10 will get it done. There's going to be two teams for sure, probably, that get 10 wins that are getting in the playoffs, maybe even three. But I don't think the Bills at 10 will be one of them. They can, but it could end up being tone. And I look, the only other week 18 game I could potentially see being flexed to nighttime is Houston and uh, Indy, because that might be a win and end game for the winner. Yeah. Plus, the division's still in play in the AFC South, by the way, too. Jacksonville's got six losses. Very now. much in, in, right, right, very right. Much so in play. There's like three that teams in play, eight and but six. If the Bills, can you imagine, if the Bills play on Sunday night, and let's assume they win their next two, and that finale is Week 18 against Miami, I think you would know going into that game if you need to win 
to get in the playoffs because all the other games would be decided. Yes, that's what so I, you would already yes. know. That's exactly what I'm what I mean. If that if that game comes down to win and you know you're in or you know and, and you win the division or lose and you go home, if everything's decided but that, it's as stressful as an it's as stressful as an AFC championship. The All best. right, so I'm willing if if that game sure. becomes you know because I I do think though on the flip side is uh, Miami won't be up against the same fate as us. All right. I think it might be lose and go home for us. I don't think Miami will be in a lose and, no, and I don't think so either. And and have, 10 wins. and have to go home sort of thing. Um but I, I think because of tiebreakers, it may very well be that case for us. And I'm like if the Bills want that would you, be crushing. If if the Bills, the best case scenario, of course, would be the Bills play Sunday night against Miami and they're already in the playoffs because they would, they would have 10 wins with two more. Right. So they would be sitting at 10 and it would take over the next three weeks. Lots of other things to happen, but it's at least possible that the Bills could go into a Miami game already secured with the wild card spot. And if Miami loses, the Bills actually have nothing to play for. Or if Miami doesn't lose a game, I should say. The Bills potentially could be in the wild card with nothing to play for because Miami wins their next two. They can't catch them. If they knew that going in, yeah. Right, then maybe they sit their guys. That's the best case scenario. I think realistically it's going to be you got to win. I agree with you. I think you got to win out. If you win out, you're making the playoffs. If you don't, then you're not. I did write down one scenario where the Bills could win out and still not, not make the playoffs. That's not Miami wins out. The Browns win two of their last three. Cincinnati wins out. The Houston versus Indy winner also went because they play each other. Whoever wins that game also wins their other two games and the Jags went out. So it's technically possible, although unlikely, I'm just saying it is possible that the Bills could win out and not even uh, make the playoffs. But anyway, it's hard to not look past the fucking Chargers and the Patriots. It's just really hard. These games... <sighs> I'm still going to go back to the same thing before we get out of here. That shit will ruin fucking the holidays, bro. They lose one of those two games. When you look Chargers, back at the season. Chargers loss would ruin Christmas, and a Patriots loss would, like, ruin would ruin. Hey, you're not losing the Patriots. I'm just saying. Not going to lose the Patriots. There's no fucking way that they're losing to the Patriots. When you look back at the first, what are we, 14 games in now? What's the one thing that, singular thing that sticks out for you the most. Maybe you agree with me. To me, it's the Denver loss. I think I said it at that moment, more than the injuries in Jacksonville. I think the Denver loss singularly was the biggest loss of the season because you could bitch about coaching. You could bitch about players and mistakes. And the game was over. There were zero seconds left on the clock. The kicker missed the field goal. The game was physically over. No time on the clock. And then Special teams, head coach, communication wasn't there. Leonard Floyd doesn't get off the field somehow, and Denver gets another chance when the game was over, and then they win the game. Right now, if the Bills were, what, 95 instead of 86, it'd be a completely different tone right now, man. So that's the one I can't get past. Patriots, you shouldn't never lose to the Patriots. I get that. But you, whatever. Teams have shitty stinkers. The, the game was over in Denver. The Denver game, I should say, in Buffalo, the game was literally over. That's what I can't get past. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't really reflect on it too too much. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a a, a bad uh, first half 
uh, strategy. Uh, you know, uh, look, McDermott. None of it matters, though. The game was over. I get all that. I don't mean first half in terms of the the Bills Broncos game. Oh, okay. all right. Right. I think I think I think McDermott is is a very meticulously planned kind of guy, and I think he wanted to hit stride this time of year. I think everything as far as hitting their stride at the right time is going according to Sean McDermott's plan, except for the fact that I don't think he, that, yeah, <laughs> got six fucking losses, Made three or bro. four losses. You know what I mean? Sure. And the, and, and the injuries, but I, I do, I do. I, I don't know exactly how it looks. I would say it probably looks a little something like we're not going to run our quarterback for the first half of the season. Probably looks something like that, but I don't know exactly how a coach would plan to try to be hitting stride at the right time, but I know he he's got to feel like he that that eluded him last year. Like they hit their stride early. Like they looked like they they were yeah. ready to go seventeen and zero with what they did to the Rams. All right, and and the in the season opener last year, sure. they just came out of the gates like loaded for bear, man. Yeah. And then, you know, whether it's the DeMar stuff or or whatever, even before the DeMar stuff, though, I feel like. Yeah, they were leaking some. The Vikings they were. lost at they, home. They, they were. They were not playing their best football late. Sure. They played well early. I agree. And I think, uh, I, I, I think, you know, he probably took some measures. You know, going into this season, as as he as he planned the whole you know season out, um, he probably took some measures that um, that would allow them to to be in this spot to be playing their best football. Again, I I don't know exactly what those would look like, but I think it might start with um, taking it a little, little easy on your quarterback in the first half of the season. That makes sense. And it man. bit him in the ass. Makes sense. It you bit him wanna... in the ass because he just probably didn't expect Dorsey to get so uh, overmatched, uh, you know, in the other areas. I think it makes sense to not want to run your quarterback as much early in the season. I, I completely agree with you. And everybody says, you know, this is a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. And the funny part is that's literally true because – we both agree if the Bills are going to make the playoffs, that means they're going to win out. I mean, almost certainly they're going to have to win these last three. And if they do, now you're playing a team in the playoffs that's on a five-game winning streak. A team that just beat Kansas City, Dallas, and they're going to have to beat Miami probably to get into the playoffs on the road, too. Two of those three games on Who's the, the road. Who's the favorite in that game? Buffalo-Miami. Like, I'm ready to go as far as to say, even and in any other team's any other team stadium, okay? Even though, like, like, if the Bills were to win the division, they would, uh, you know, they would have a home game. But Baltimore is the only team that I could see being a favorite over the Bills in the playoffs. And even at that, I think it's less than I think it's less than three. I think the Bills are favorites at Kansas City. I think the Bills are favorites at. I think they'll be favorites against Miami in Week 18. Um, yeah, if, yeah, because they'll be on a four game winning streak. Yeah, you know, I think what you know, they're 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 going to be favorites against anyone from the South. So in, in reality, all right, in reality, they get to the playoffs 
they're 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 the second second best team in the eyes of of Vegas and not even by that much because if then you go if you go neutral field it's it's the bills right i mean if if the bills make the playoffs how much different are the bills odds to win the afc having to play 3 games 17. than Bal- then baltimore's are having to play 2 it's not going to be that wide. That's how fucking real it is. That's how real, you know, it is to be able to 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 get to the Super Bowl this year. All of a sudden, I think if the Bills played at Baltimore in the playoffs, Baltimore maybe is favored by a point and a half. Maybe I got it at two, but we're in the we're in the same ballpark, and that's the yeah. only team, right? I think so. That's you know, that's the only team. Maybe the maybe the books will come back and and look at. Uh, uh the books like you know these are like guys on the west side calling well you know the well the big books you know the 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 vegas odds makers you know maybe they'll look at the kansas city game and and say that it was uh you know the tony penalty and you know they had the line right at uh at two or whatever for for kc but i don't think so i think vegas I think people start pounding us if we if we go to the playoffs. They, I think I, I think people start pounding us because they know what's up, man. We're ready to we're ready to go on a Super Bowl run, but we just don't even know because they're not going to limp into we, the we playoffs. Just don't know if we're going to make it. They they limped a little bit into the playoffs, a little bit last That's year crazy. anyway. Crazy stretch. That, 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 that will not be. be yeah. Um, real quick here, I of the moment said, can we just take it one week at a time? I just wanted to beat the Chargers in L.A. That's all I want right now. Very fair. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I just, yeah. I, I got nothing to talk about when it comes <laughs> to the Chargers. I mean, honestly, if you can't beat Easton Stick, man, you know, fuck this, blow the whole thing up, man. I, I, I yeah, you know, I, I got nothing else to say at that point. Like I said, I, I, I won't even come in. I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I <laughs> probably not. And then one other comment too, I wanted to, to point out Jason M. He says, being desperate is how it ended up happening. He's talking about this run and getting hot and playing right at the right time. But that for sure was was not the plan. I mean, there's some truth to that too, as well. well you know, no, like no, I said, no. I, mean, I got to take. I got to rally Not like you know, like like I'm being a jerk off to take issue with that. But no, being desperate wasn't the plan. But playing your best football at this time of yes, year, sure. All right, I think is something that if he felt he could manipulate that throughout the season, not by losses. You know what I mean? But, you know, maybe by by taking it easy on your quarterback, maybe even taking it easy on James Cook a little bit, just, you know, saving that, saving these touches for this this time of year. Um, you know, like I said, it might, might bite him in the ass because of the, the desperate, um, the desperate situation that it, that it put them in. But I, I will you know, stand by that one that, that I think, do you know, uh, there was some element of wanting to, uh, wanting, wanting to be playing your best football right now. One of the biggest criticisms I see on social media about Sean McDermott, and I got a plenty of criticisms for him, but this one, I really don't know that I could get behind was that, um, Ken Dorsey was fired too early or that this should have happened a month before. Can you give up? I mean, you don't think like, in hindsight, yeah, I do wish he would have got it fired, you know, maybe after the Giants game or something, because I have no doubt in my mind the offense comes out better and they beat. I keep going back to that fucking Broncos game because I think that's the killer. But 
I don't know, man. That just seemed, even at the time, even after firing him after the Denver game, it just felt awful almost early. It's like, well, why did you bring him back after year one? Do you know? Do you agree? Do you think? I thought it was a week late. I, you know what I mean? I just, I do. I think, I think he was a week late with it. I think he needed to do the, uh, um, like you got to help me out though. Who who was before Denver? What did they do? Beat uh, Tampa or something to go to mm. five and three? Um, can't uh, remember. I can't remember. I, they they won, but I think it was an ugly game, and I think it was Tampa because didn't they have like a bunch of primetime games in a? I just think I I in think a row there. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking it up because it's gonna drive me crazy. Just a week or just a week or two late, man. I just I really I felt. Like he was a uh, a week or two late with it. There was that one stretch. It was the Bengals, by the way. They lost to the Bengals, and then they lost to Denver. They beat Tampa, so they lost three out of four. They lost in they lost in Foxborough to uh, the Patriots. Then they beat Tampa Bay at home, and then they lost to Cincinnati, and then they lost at home to Denver. So what you're saying is, if it's a week too late. Then you're saying he should have gotten fired after the Cincinnati game, which is tough because that's a Sunday night and you on know, the road. That's again, what I'm saying. Denver was a Denver was a Monday, and the New England game. I mean, they know. sucked on offense for the first half, but they still ended up with 25 points. Tampa was they scored 24 points, not a, a you know a pretty victory. They could have lost that game, quite frankly. But I don't know, man. How do you fire a coach? You first, you're not firing a coordinator after a win. So if you're not firing him after Tampa, the only other game, if, if it's a week too late. Would have been after Cincy. I just, man, look, I, I wish in hindsight they would have, you know, not brought him back for a year or two and went with Brady. I just, I don't know, man. There's lots of things I could get mad at Sean McDermott about, but I don't know about the whole he got fired too early. Well, look, I mean, uh, you know, if uh, he's if, a coach, if, though, we're if fucking we get there, if, <laughs> if we get there, man, if we get there. Then he fired him right on time. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. It, it's, it, it, it all comes down to getting in. If we if we find a way to get in, we're, you know, unless we lay an egg maybe, you know, in week one of the playoffs or something like that. But if we find a way to get in. There's so many possibilities. We're going to. So we're going to. possibilities. We're going to probably be okay with <laughs> with it you know what i mean like we're not going to call for mcdermott's head we're not going to call for sweeping changes we got the change that we wanted you know what i mean if so you know if if, if we get in i'm looking at it this way i can't finish that sentence for some reason i don't even know it's it's, it's really it is look the, the story of the season it, it's it's had a ton of ups and downs and ebbs and flows but it's and they're not it's, done. It's, yeah, it's not going to be written in in until the next three weeks. No, no, for sure not. But it's funny because the Bills, if they if they win out, they get in eleven wins. They they're going to be the they could be the two seed. They could be the two seed. Baltimore is going to be the one. Kansas City, Jacksonville are only one loss, or Jacksonville's got as many losses as the Bills. So if they lose even one more game, and the Bills went out. Bills finish ahead of them. And if KC, you know, what's one KC? loss for Kansas City. I don't know who they're playing. I know they're playing Pittsburgh. That's one of the three because that's I looked at, you know, the, the other contenders here. But yeah, if Kansas City stumbles once, Bills could be the number two seed. Yeah, or they could be the seven seed. And they could be out. It's fucking it, nuts. It is. Before we go, 
Do you have any uh, anything that you want to say? This will definitely turn most of the audience away. But any any saber stuff that you want to get off your chest? I'm just I'm looking forward to what what a healthy lineup looks like. I just I this team needs to keep its head above water. All right, I keep saying that, but they're barely. Doing I, it. I hear you. I'm I have I have personally targeted January as to make a move month. Okay, somebody on on Sabers Twitter. Uh, maybe about a week ago throughout the January schedule. Okay. It's fucking soft. Yeah. It's super soft with tons of home games, man. All right. That's gotta be the move month that that's gotta be the make a move month. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I just, I want to see him get healthy, but they can't fall further back though. They can't fall further back before January. They still got a half a month left here in December. It's well, not the amount of points, it's the teams that they got. To I count. understand that. I understand that. I just, you know, give me to January it's somewhere so between four and, you know, four and eight, and then just go go nuts in January. That's where I, I'm throwing all my eggs in that basket, dude. Like all my eggs are in the January, are in the January schedule basket. I want, I want, I want to see them. Moves just go are coming nuts. out. Hands are going to, as long as no one else lets Skinner get healthy, a couple other guys get healthy. Hands are going to be forced now to make some relatively, by their standards, at least tough decisions. Because I put out a tweet today, and I don't even need to look it up because I know it by heart. I love the thought of a healthy Sabres team, man. Real quick here. You got Tage, talking Skitter. You got Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn. You got Middlestack, Greenway, and Benson as your third line, potentially. And then you got your fourth line with Krebs, Akposo, and either Gergesons or Robinson. Olafson's probably a healthy scratch who gets worked in once in a while, and they probably wave like Tyson Jost. Um, get rid of that third goalie. It's got to. It's got to come at some point. But that anyway. My point was those twelve forwards, those four lines. I like the sound of that man. Yeah, they 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 just haven't been able to roll out a consistent third scoring line this year. Which you know you want to think with the way they set up down the middle with Thompson cousins and middle stat that they could get those yeah. three lines out there. But, you know, it started with the Quinn injury. Um, actually, you could say it started with the Savoy injury, but Benson's emergence kind of cancels that out. But then, you know, Quinn's injury was huge. And then just, you know, Ticky tack injuries along the way, whether it's Tuck, whether it's Thompson, yeah, Skinner. They, they just now Skinner, they just haven't been able um, to put a dangerous three lines out there. But I think, as I think you just, you know, um, kind of said as much in, in, in your line rollout, I think when they're at full strength, they do roll three. They, they do have three dangerous lines. They do. But they've just, they, they've been so dependent on the top six, you know, during the early part of this season because of some of the injuries. Um, and then, you know, when you, you know, you're not getting shit from the fourth line. I mean, there was that one game that was a lot of fun where Robinson, you know, had yeah. three points. That was great. But for the most part, you're not getting any level of consistent scoring from, Arizona that, from that fourth line. Um, and then a third all of a sudden, you know, disappears. You put a third line out there of, of Tyson Jost, fucking Olafson and Brett Murray. Come on, man. That's that's <laughs> garbage, that yeah. that line. But but 
when you start getting guys like Quinn Green and Greenway and Skinner back, all of a sudden, you know, your your third line is um is formidable. And that's the difference to yep. me. That's 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 how they uh you know, that's how they'll get back into this when they can just roll out three lines that can that can score. Yeah, I, I said, all I want for Christmas is the Sabres is just have one fucking game where their 12 best forwards are all healthy and playing at the same time and their best six defensemen um, as well. That Arizona game was frustrating because they win at home and the fourth line goes out and they dominate. And then Saturday, they go, they beat Vegas on the road and then they get shut out at, on the road against Arizona and UPL who played pretty well, but gave up the dumbest fucking uh, giveaway you'll but ever see for a Again, goal. you know, I look that's at just that. the Sabres. Hmm? But that one was more kind of reminiscent of of what I uh, identify as you know the problem, and that's the scoring. You know what I mean? The two nothing. You know, if you that's the type of game that I would use to you know to further my point that it's really been the scoring and and the lack of it from you know from anyone in the back half of that roster. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think. We gotta get gotta get you hooked up for remote or no? You can still come next. Well, next week's Monday's Christmas. I don't know. Fucking figure it out. But the this, this, the the Bills are playing. I'm in Sabres mode now. Bills are playing Saturday night, so we ain't doing shit Saturday night, and probably ain't gonna do shit Sunday. It's Christmas Eve. I don't know. We'll figure the shit out. But just beat the Chargers, man. I mean, a couple people in the comments. Which, by the way, people who who stuck around and watched this live on the video side and dropped some comments. We appreciate you. Uh, very much appreciate our sponsor of today's episode, Imperial Pizza, as well. Let's beat the fucking Chargers, man. Beat the Chargers, or there's just no point of even talking about the Bills anymore this season. If they lose to the Chargers, once you get your bearings together, we'll be talking about mock drafts and free agent signings and fucking salary cap casualties. And use and using Dawson Knox as as your uh <laughs> uh your your swiss uh swiss army knife uh taysom taysom hill i'm serious that, <laughs> i'm serious that's the future of dawson knox on this team joe brady we ain't gonna get rid of him joe brady's gonna figure out how to use him and he's gonna be a fucking h-back a tight end too and he's gonna be like you're like lining up under center and taking some of the quarterback uh quarterback sneak hits off josh 